This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. to the nation just when you thought it was safe to go back outside chicken salad comes back to you for 2024 my name's ben lock and it's been a while it's been a very long while so let me just bring in my co-host mr callum mcdougall good evening callum Good evening, Ben. Yes. Hello. Hello. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, that is that is Oasis and Gary Glitter. Um, whichever whichever one you prefer, I can pretty much guess which one. Uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of um, <clears throat> Gary Glitter. <laughs> Just do some research, guys. Right. Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> Fucking hell. We're back with a bang. I know, good start, good start, good start, we're only a minute in. Um, so, this is our first episode back since we live-watched Unforgiven 1999, back in September. However, due to a variety of reasons, that show didn't come out, I think, until the October-November time. Callum, am I right in thinking? Uh, you are absolutely correct in thinking that, yes. Yes, um, and... You may well have noticed there's a voice missing from this uh, podcast because much like the NFL have Black Mondays, we have our own um, mutual parting of the way days. And um, sadly, our good friend Logan is not on our journey with us tonight, Callum. No, um, we, we, we felt between the three of us, it was um, how did the Patriots put it? Um, he wasn't sacked. Uh, he was. We, we've we've mutually agreed for him to go into an advisory role. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and I say that he absolutely wasn't sacked. Um, it's just unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, um, life has life has got in the way. I mean, there's a lot to be said for worldwide pandemics. It made podcasting a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, so uh, long story short, basically, you guys probably have all noticed by now, me and Callum have a slightly different accent to you, uh, to our fine American listeners. So we record, obviously, British time, and we're four or five hours, uh, four or five hours ahead of you guys. Um, so trying to get a time and a place where all three of us could record and it'd be okay for us all, that was getting more and more difficult, wasn't it? It was, yeah, so like, obviously we've been with, yeah, early mornings and, 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 and late nights. Um, it's just, it's, it's not, it wasn't the, it wasn't the easiest. And, and like I think Logan was, Logan was uh, six hours ahead of us. And, and, yeah, that's and, right, that's right. Yeah, he's even, he's even further ahead, yeah. I mean, I can't, I, he, he was so accommodating for us as well. You can't, can't he was, fault him. He really was. Him. He would he would record in the afternoon during uh, his daughter's nap time to make sure that, that that we could do it. But six hours is just with him. Um, it was it was. I, I'm going to pull my hands up here. It was, you know, my fault. I would I would I was going to say mainly <laughs> my fault. Uh, it was a hundred percent my fault. 
Um, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't make. I was very much. I was very much limited in the times that I could do it. Um, and Logan, this um, said yeah, that not, it was. Yeah. Not going to put words in Logan's mouth, but I think the kicker was for him the fact that obviously his daughter's getting a bit older now. So whereas before it was sort of nap time is fairly routine. That's not the case when you get to a child at two, three years old. <laughs> they'll they'll go to sleep when they want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was when I first heard that he was choosing um, time with his daughter over time with us, Ben. I was, I was slightly taken aback. Um, but you know, when you when, when when you take a deep breath about it, um, it's probably it's 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 somewhat understandable. Uh, now, Logan actually revealed this information on an episode of Chicken Side that we're going to call the lost recording of Chicken Side because um, unfortunately me and Logan were able to get together and do an episode on Halloween Havoc in 1995 and Logan revealed all this information on that. However, Callum, uh, there was issues with the file, which meant we could not uh, get that episode out. Yes. So again, it's completely my fault. Um, when I, I just keep throwing, I just keep throwing uh, you under the bus. Why do you? I, I don't. I don't understand why I'm. I don't understand why I'm the person still here. To be honest. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. So Logan and Ben put it together. I got the recording. I record. I. Um, I edited it, and I thought I sent it on to the boss here at Place to Be Wrestling Towers. Turns out I hadn't. Turns out when I tried to then go to uh, re-edit it, because I didn't have the original file anymore, when I went to re-edit it, uh, the original files were corrupted. So there was no re-edit to be had. So, yeah, unfortunately, the Halloween Havoc 1995 episode uh, is is lost to time. Although, uh, when I am looking at my calendar, October is due to come round again this year, Ben. Um, is it? So, ah, that's, yes. that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 due to come round. Um, I think it's after, just after September time. I think it's in between oh, September and November. Oh, right, this year. right. Yeah, okay. so it's, early, it's early this year. Um, yes. So we might be able to. Hopefully, we can we can get something organised and and, and yeah, we can we can redo Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety five. Halloween Havoc ninety five two. Yes. And the show wasn't terrible and has my second favourite WCW moment of all time with the Horseman formation in it. So I'm always up for watching that episode, frankly. Or that show. Oh, well, I, th- I thought you were... Obviously, the first best WCW moment for you is obviously the Yeti! Oh, yes, Jobs yes, 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 yes. Uh, so, officially, this is episode 41 because obviously the last episode 41 never made it. So this is episode 41. But in my head, this will always be episode 42. But So I'll I'll try and keep it the same. But remember, Callum, 41. 41. 41.5. Yes. Now, we decided we're going to go back to doing once a month. We're, we're still sticking with that. So we're picking a January show. I decided to pick first, so we didn't have any argument there about that. And the show I have picked is NWO WCW Sold Out 1997. Um, I have made a few comments in the previous, if you've been listening to previous episodes in the last year, I've said there are still some big hitters left on the table that we have not covered. And this was one of them, and I thought, if we don't do it now, we never will. Uh, Callum, um, how, I mean, how many times have you watched this show in the past? Um, unfortunately, too many. 
I think I've watched it. I, th- I think I had watched it. I've watched it at least once before out of sheer intrigue. And then I'm sure I've watched it. I'm sure I'd watched it again. Um, it doesn't get any better rewatching it. <laughs> when you told me what we were doing, I, it was almost it was almost a one man podcast. You were almost going the way of, uh, of um, greetings from Allentown. Yeah, I, I haven't got quite I haven't got quite the vernacular that they that Pete does. To be fair, <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to do that. <laughs> well, I think I think you, you would have been given it a good go had I, had you not got me on a good day. Well, you know, we we I try I try. Um, so yeah, we'll. <laughs> So yeah, so I, I I thought let's 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 start at the bottom of the barrel and we'll try and work our way up. That's that was kind of my uh, that was kind of my thinking. For lack well, of well, cer- certainly coming back with a bang. Now I'll give you some little backstory into this show because they never really mentioned it on commentary. So the NWO at this stage in January '97 was about six months old. The official group, I think, Hogan and made his Hogan had done the big turn in July. So yeah, about six months. Um, and Eric Bischoff had just been revealed as the real power broker in the NWO. So he was. That's why they were able to like, pretty much get the matches they wanted and everything because Bischoff's obviously in charge of the company. Um, so in. On November 25th on Nitro, he had a he gave everybody 30 days to change their contract from a WCW to an NWO contract, um, which is why you have a lot of guys on the undercard. I think it's fair to say Calamu don't really remember as NWO guys, but were because of this rule change. Yes, um, some of them on on this show, I still wish weren't NWO guys. I mean, I just right, yes. I, I understand one of them, um, possibly two. When you are starting to put guys like Michael Wall Street in your organization, it becomes slightly less elite. It would, Only it, would it would be like I don't know having a group called the Elite and having someone like Michael Nakazawa as part of the group. <laughs> um, or, or, uh, or, yeah, just, just, I mean, it, 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 there's, so, there's so many that you could have picked from. There's having, just... Or having, or having a big heel group and having a member of the Usos in it. Or maybe Yes, two. yes. Or the third brother who ruined my trip to Cardiff two years ago. <laughs> not that you're still bitter about that not a bit not a bit because he's so, going to yeah. win the Royal Rumble again and he's going to win the title at WrestleMania in front of millions of people <laughs> he might be gone by then if he hasn't signed this contract it could be turn up an impact uh, well, sorry, could sorry, you imagine sorry, TNA yeah go right please go right sorry, uh, show sorry. this show this show this Saturday night it's going to be absolutely fantastic but you know that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Scott Scott spent the money well. He has done. They're not bad. Anyway, the he is not. He's not a bad booker, to be fair. Uh, shall we get back to our show? Shall we get? Shall we get started? If we must. Right, because we are live. Although they don't actually tell us this bit till about two hours into it. We are live from Cedar Rapids. Uh, but so for some reason they keep yeah. that information quiet. I don't quite know why, but they did. Oh, that, although, that's, although, that's what. Where do you go? Sorry. I was going to say, although as Eric keeps telling us, it's very cold there. 
Well, the the the, the you know it all came downhill after a lot of the show after the intro. But I was just thinking, could you imagine? It did look really cold, and I'm sure Nash has said on his podcast that it was yes. like it was like minus ten of the yes. Celsius variety. I mean, it's it's quite. It looked bitterly cold. But could you imagine yeah. looking out of your apartment window, going, "Is is that Scott Hall?" On that bin, <laughs> on that bin lorry, is Diesel? Is, is Diesel now whoa, our bin man? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, why are there a bunch of tr- bin truck refuse trucks coming down the highway? What's going on here? <laughs> is that the one, two, three kid hanging off the back of that bin lorry? <laughs> so, so speaking of it, so Callum has mentioned the opening video. So, as this is an NWO pay per view, they are arriving in a refuge truck formation with a police escort. The trucks stop outside the arena and the group walk in. Hulk announces that he has brought the Dallas Cowboys in with him. We then go to the intro package, Callum, which I love the intro package. It's something totally different. Um, we won't have much good to say about this show, so let's focus on the positive of that intro package because you know, it's the famous one with Bishop doing the uh, doing the press conference, and I just I just love it. Yeah, I mean, one thing that, that you can always like that, that you always remember from the early NWO stuff is like, the, the the video packages like this were really were really good, and Bischoff with the uh, at the podium doing the doing the thing was was really really well done. Um, <clears throat> see what yeah, see what you want about the man. He can uh, he can big himself up like no one else. Uh, he's the one thing he's is very good at is. Um, is is making him is, is bigging himself up and the NWO on this whole show. Um the bit about the opening package that when they got to the arena is that the when they showed on the three different screens, Hall, Nash and Hogan, um <clears throat> you could absolutely tell that none of those three men were in the same room as each other doing those <laughs> doing that video package. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, it, I, was, I, it was one of it was one of those where Yes, I will say my line. Leave appropriate gap. Yes, I will say my second line. Leave appropriate gap. Yeah. It's like, oh, big Kev, yeah. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> and when we get into the arena itself, we notice that the, uh, the, the stage entranceway is quite different than most shows. So how I would describe it is you have a big staircase leading up to where the dressing room and everything is, which the wrestlers have to go down, and then there's an entrance, and then there's an entrance ramp. But also you've got where the commentators are situated. We, our commentators for tonight are Ted DiBiase and the aforementioned Eric Bischoff. And we see the Callum, the NWO band and the participants in the Miss NWO contest. Yes, we were in for a. I mean, they, they they said it was a night of wrestling, biking, and rock and roll. And the uh, rock and roll element consisted of a band playing precisely two different songs all night. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, the, the the I don't know whether I liked the look of the show because it is very different to what you see before, um, or I didn't because it is just all black and it just. Every bit of light that is, that is coming from any part of the arena is just sucked into this black hole. But looking at the stairs as well, all it reminded me of is that one thing on the gladiators. If you remember, <laughs> I was just hey, thinking, coming, I was, back this week, coming back this weekend. Is it? Oh yes. Yeah. 
All, all I could think of was like Jet or the Wolfman just like, <laughs> launching somebody down the stairs. And to be fair, they had a they had a they had a, a death match on here. They should have had that. Get a pugil stick or something. And then <laughs> another one bites the dust with John Fashion who just absolutely uh, yeah, tearing the guys Fashion, to shreds. John, John Fashion is shouting a wooger random people. <laughs> yeah. Get it get it done. I, I can imagine Bischoff would have been Bischoff must have he, he could have been the he could have been the fash. Oh, definitely. So once our commentary team are settled, because Miss Elizabeth is there against her wishes and has to uh, sort out Eric's gear, apparently, um, we go to our first match, our first, which is between Chris Jericho and Masahiro Chono of NWO Japan. The snarky NWO announcer is doing the ring announcing tonight with Nick Patrick refing all the matches. He gets the BT music and the WCW wrestlers walk out to silence. Now, the first issue I had with this show comes out in this first match because the fans are cheering for Jericho when they're meant to be a pro NWO crowd. And also, they chant at one stage USA, considering there's a wrestler from Japan and a wrestler from Canada in there. You know, that was a good good start. Um, We also get... Yeah, yes, yes. Who isn't a fan of Nick Patrick? That's too fair. Um, we then get we also get a shot of the WCW wrestlers coming into the crowd, coming into the crowd to watch the show, including the Harlem Heat, Face of Fear, and Double A on Anderson. Um Eric decides to be a snarky bastard by mentioning the papering of the crowd for the Royal Rumble uh, earlier in the month, um, which is ironic given some quite a few empty seats in this show, but you know, we'll get to that point later on. Um as for the match, Callum, um Jericho, Jericho tried his best. I thought he, I thought he was very good in this match, but it, there's only so much the man can do. Yeah, I mean, so I, the first thing that I, I thought of when this one is I, Chono at this time had a had has just got such a badass look. I mean, that is just that is a man who you would walk the other way from. Um, total clash of styles, though. I think. If if my memory serves me correctly, excuse me, um, Chono had the Chono not have a bad neck injury in the mid nineties. I'm sure Austin had something to do with it as well, and it just really sounds slowed right. him down. Much that sounds right. Yeah, so it slowed him down much like it would happen to to, to Austin as well. So he, so he's just working like a just a no nonsense. Just basically, he wrestles like he looks like. I am going <laughs> to beat you into a pulp. Um, not He's a bad man. He's he a bad is. man and he looks it. it exactly. Um, so not, I mean, all you're really going to get at that point is Jericho bouncing up, bouncing around him. And I, yeah, it was just, I, I don't think having these two guys on your card, fine. I've got no problem with that because they're two very, very good, they're, Two very, very good wrestlers. Having them against each other, possibly not the best idea. Um but in saying that, it was it was absolutely fine because the, the like these two guys know exactly what they're doing. Um <clears throat> the, the the bump through the table that Jericho took towards the end um uh, was a nasty looking bump that the match yes. itself didn't really deserve or didn't really need, to be honest. Um, it was it was perfectly fine, um, 
Bischoff. I I I I am a, I'm admittedly a, a fan of Eric Bischoff. I don't mind the man. Um, he was almost getting into his match striker territory with his jump back leg round kick. Yeah, and I've I got thought, that now. Thank yep. you. Um, <laughs> just, my note after that is you can fuck right off with that. Uh, and then he redeemed himself. I think, with, I, I think I'm a martial arts know it all. Like, oh, fuck off, Eric. <laughs> uh, but then he redeems himself when, when Patrick was down for an obvious slow count and he goes, oh, look, the referee's counting a bit fast there. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Um, but I've also I've also got the note about the 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 the, uh, the papering of the crowd that goes. We're not giving away tickets at the local Seven Eleven. Um, I'm like, oh yes, to that show that drew sixty thousand people and looked, made the <laughs> WWF look big time for the first time in years. Um, although in saying that, the 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 the, the small crowd they were only in. I think there was only five and a half thousand people there, yeah, and yeah. the vast majority of the arena looked bigger than five and a half thousand people. So they did a good job. Of, they did a good job of that. Um, I, nothing... I I think part I think part of that is to do with the um, like the, like you, you mentioned at the beginning, like the different configuration of the entranceway. They were able mm-hmm. to fit a lot more, even though it was only five and a half. They were able to fit a lot more people into it. If you noticed, it was yeah. like a it was like a three tier. It was like a three tier arena, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and they had, I mean, they had every square inch of the floor looked like it had a seat on mm. it. And yeah. there is there is absolutely nothing wrong with if you're in a to have a. There's nothing wrong with being in a smaller arena if you're going to fill it. There's nothing worse yes. than you go in and there's a there is a, a big arena absolutely. and it's half empty. Absolutely, so, it's a it's a it's a lesson AEW could learn. Yeah, because that that was that was my first thought. If AEW started running places like this. And it looked, and you can turn around and on the telly they have a full arena. There could be twenty thousand people there. You would never mm. tell. Um, but what I will, what, what I also say about this arena is because I don't know if you picked up on it, the fact that the seats were bright orange meant that when people were having a piss or doing going somewhere else, you could very much tell. <laughs> yes, you could tell when there was nobody in their seat. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah, have five and a half thousand um, seat covers. Like you're like you're going to fancy do, um, the match was the match was fine. I don't think they clicked. Yes. The crowd wasn't into it at all. I, when you think of WCW, you think of hot openers. This was a bit more slow placed than that. But I gave it one point seven five because I thought the match itself was technically fine. It just was two guys that I just don't think were suited with each to to, yeah, to be I, against each other. I went I went two on it. Um, and what I'll say and what I'll say is go back to one of your earlier points about the uh, the table bump. I think that was there because Patrick sees it. So I think that was there just to to show that you know he obviously we all know he's a biased ref, but now you definitely know if you if you were if you're a bit slow on the uptake, <laughs> he's allowing he's allowing pretty much anything for the NWO guys. That's why I think it was. That's why that's why I think it was there for. Oh, well, fair enough. Make it perfectly clear that yeah, hit them, hit, hit people over the head that with, with uh, yeah. who might be, um, yeah, might might not have uh, be up and up on the whole NWO referee luck. Well, wrestling as we know is not exactly known for its subtlety, so sometimes you have to hammer it over the head for, for people. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Subtle as a brick to the face. That's the one. That's the one. Um, so- after the match, Callum, we go. We see some of the ladies who are taking part in the Miss NWO pageant. 
as well as some of the ones who missed out. Eric shows us a few uh, few photos of the ones who didn't make it. Um, he then throws to Jeff Katz, who makes Mark Madden sound good and and Matt Striker as well. I'll, I'll put that in for count. He <laughs> asks you. a couple of he asks a couple of ladies some questions as this dies a death. Um, these segments will carry on throughout the night. Um, I know there's a lot of innuendo and things in the questions. I'll be honest, I haven't actually wrote any of them down because those, those segments literally almost sent me to sleep at some point. I was just like, I was getting that bored with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, these were just these were painful to get through. Um, I, I when when Bischoff is going through the, the 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 pictures of the people that didn't make it, um, there was a there was a very audible boring chant coming from the crowd <laughs> yes. somewhere, and I yeah, thought I that. that is that is good work. Uh, Twenty three minutes into your pay per view, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well done WCW. Um, yeah, this was just this was painful. Well, here's something I was going to mention to you later on, but we could we could talk about it now because I feel like WCW with, or NWO with this show had one job to do with regards to the fans. That was to get a very pro NWO, you know, fan base in there, and they just didn't do it. Like today, you'd probably do it relatively easy, wouldn't you, by social media or you know even by the network doing a survey or something. But back then, it was a bit more tricky, but this just felt like this just felt like a rest like you know i mean this sounds like almost like a bad thing like wrestling fans want to go see a wrestling show rather than nwo fans wanted to go see an nwo show if that makes sense uh, uh, yeah it does uh, I, um i because obviously like i say obviously the show is nwo sold out but it's you know, they it's a WCW crowd on the you know, or it's the very worst is half and half, isn't it? They don't yeah, get the because they, they don't get the reactions they want to get. No, because uh, you, I mean, you see it later on with the you see it later on with it in the tag well the the, the the tag title match and the well the the, the three title matches really you you see what uh, especially the ending to the to the ladder match. Um, it's not necessarily a, 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 a very pro NWO crowd, um, because that's because that's the thing is well. like you had people and if you watched any Nitro from this time, the, like everyone had like loads of folk had NWO t-shirts on. Yes, but see when Ric Flair and Aaron Anderson came out, they go batshit insane. Like DDP comes out, they'll still go insane. They just you know it's not it's not. I think what they were trying to do was go for the sport field where you would have you would be a supporter of one team. And yes, I, that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's I don't think that works in a wrestling environment. Certainly not there. No, I think the only time that I have ever been in sort of that, I went to an NXT UK taping. That was the first. That was the only time I think they could have done that and made it work mm. because you would you would cheer for the folk from your country yes. because it didn't, it didn't matter who was in the ring if you if they announced you from scotland glasgow would go mental and if you were but same if you were going down to if they did when they ran cardiff they um 
Andrews and Webster could have been the most dastardly heels, but as soon as they announced them mm. from Wales, yeah, here we go. That's the closest they would have got. You wouldn't. I don't think wrestling any other time is fit for that sort of um, partisanship, if that's the right word. Well, I think I think they try and do it a bit, you know, online with like you know trying to pit. I think mean, we've we've spoke about some special relations before, you know, pitting fans against you know fans who like like everybody knows I prefer AEW and Impact, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch WWE. I'm not like. I'm not. I just want. I just want it to be. I, I just want everything to be good. Well, if, and, it, if and, it, and it was. And it wasn't for. And it wasn't for a long time. And uh, it's only. Well, it's only the last year or so, or the last you know, eighteen months where WWE has got decent again. Yeah, I think. I think that might be. Uh, yes, you're. You're. You're right. I think that's probably the only. If there was for some reason that there was ever a WWE against AEW show. You would get that sort of. You would get that yeah. sort of crowd. Yeah, but, but I think everybody knows here it's it's WCW versus WCW wrestlers. Just one yeah. wearing black t shirts Just one lot wearing black t shirts. Well, as of as of a couple like when when was the, the recruitment drive? It was after Starcade, so it's, or was it just before Starcade? No, so yeah, no, the recruitment drive started at November. Yeah, so in November, of night. Yeah, so it, week it, it's like your thing with it. It's like your thing with the. Um, brand split why should these guys why why should i now hate this guy because he's wearing a different t-shirt correct uh he's done nothing other than put on a different t-shirt it's like it's like rob van damme in the invasion like because because he comes out and he's announced as a member of the alliance does it mean i'm not going to cheer him no Mm. he's cool as fuck i'm going to cheer him regardless Exactly, um, but there'll be there'll be a bit more of this during the show. But I thought we'll just mention it now because, like I say, they they, they had one job to do with this crowd and they just didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just done I've just done some 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 googling on when we were talking there um, on Jeff Katz. Oh, do you yeah. know what age Jeff? Do you know what age Jeff Katz was at this time? Go on, eighteen. No, where was his I paper mean, round? I mean, let's be fair. I, I've been, I've been going crazy about a kid over here playing darts who, you know, is like the oldest looking sixteen year old you've ever seen. So I can't really talk about <laughs> somebody else's age. <laughs> Eighteen, but he's actually done all right for himself because he's a yeah. he's a, a film producer by trade. Oh, okay. Um, he, uh, he was, he was on. Uh, he did snakes on a plane. Yes. Uh, he film. did dead, Deadpool. Really? Yes. Uh, and um, if you remember, he did um, the Pope's Exorcist, which if I you, with, if you yes, remember, that's, that's what sponsored the Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania this year. That was correct. Uh, and but, he also. Uh, sorry, go go. No, I was going to say, quick aside, um, I love films where you know everything about the film just from the tile. Snakes on a plane, don't need to know anything else. No. Don't need to know who's, don't need to know who's in it, I just know the snakes on a plane. What more do you need to know? Exactly. How did those motherfucking states go on that motherfucking plane? <laughs> all right, all right, Samuel, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he also he also um, tried to crowdfund or did successfully crowdfund uh, to own his own wrestling show, his own wrestling oh. um, uh, company. Uh, it had. Um, a roster including several prominent wrestling talents and rising stars, including uh, a guy called Kenny Omega. I've heard, heard of him. Yeah. MVP, Chris Hero. Oh, yeah. 
uh, amongst others. Who else we got here? Uh, L.A. Knight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he did commentary for it alongside a guy called Nigel McGuinness. Never heard of him. No. He'll do nothing. He'll do no. nothing. No. Nobody in the, in, in the wrestling, in the wrestling uh, industry. Yeah, so Jeff Katz, what a life the man's had. And it's certainly, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad it went up uh, after Miss NWO. For the, yeah, because okay. this is this is very much the down period for him. Yeah. Start, start down and work your way up. That's what, yeah. Well, that's it. Um, so, shall we go to our second match of the night, which is, for some reason, a, a Mexican death match between Big Bubba Rogers, representing the NWO, and Hugh Morris. Um, Hugh Morris doing his best Big Dick Dudley impression, which I was very impressed with. Um, he, he certainly did look the part. I mean, like I say, Callum, I don't know why this is a Mexican death match. Um, it's, yeah, well, but it's on that. It's on that very short list of matches that end in vehicle uh, homicide. Well, yes. I mean, the, the highlight of, if, if nothing else, you remember this match, uh, this show, for very few uh, very few things. Um, yes, a motorcycle uh, run down is, is certainly one of them. Um, not many. I mean, you're thinking this uh, Survivor Series 1999, um, that one show where Goldberg almost lost his arm by punching the glass. Yes. Uh, you know, nine times out of ten, the vehicle will win. I've heard that about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the Mexican death match, I think this was originally meant to be Conan. That would make match. sense. That would make sense. Um, I don't... I'm, I'm trying to find just now what happened, but I think it was originally meant to be Conan, uh, and then yeah, he must Bischoff have got injured keeps, or taken out. Bischoff, yeah. Bischoff keeps mentioning that Bubba took him out, so that does make that does make yeah. sense to be fair. Yeah, and and that's why that's why it's um, that's why it's Hugh Morris now. So uh, first first note on here: two agile big men. Yes, but ex, mm. ex, expecting a decent match? No. Yeah, if you if you if you had this match, say. Let's say ninety-two boss man versus I don't know two thousand Morris. You'd be like, yeah, no, I'll give that a watch. But ninety-seven for both men, no. Even even sort of ninety-eight big boss man after he came back, he was a bit more motivated. I just I got the impression that Bubba at this point just didn't really care. Mm. Um, like if you look at if you look at uh, Big Bubba a couple of years before when he was having. The matches with Vader, um, he was, still, you know, it's East, but I suppose a lot can happen in in in, in two or three years. Um, the, the the Hugh Morris moonsault always very impressive, very but, very impressive. Uh, but I felt that the, the, the as much as I, as a Mexican death match, it's, it's you know, it was more of a Mexican. I'm gonna reasonably hurt you match um, a Mexican a Mexican lightly grazed possible hospital four hour stay match yeah yeah I mean a, a Mexican of four NHS 24 match not quite any <laughs> yet uh, until the end obviously when obviously. Um, he was mowed down by a man on a motorbike uh, it was it, and, and then you hear Bischoff going 
no, you can't run him down. No, no, because apparently, as you say, vehicular homicide attempt um, is, is is the line for Eric Bischoff that you can't cross. <laughs> um, which I thought the ending was different. Didn't really enjoy the match. Um, I felt these the, uh, the the agile big man only really works if you are if you are against someone smaller than you, and not an uh, not another agile big man. Um, you sort of take away the you take away the benefit of of that sort of um, characteristic. Uh, so I went one star purely for the ending, but everything else was a bit shit. I I also went one star. Um, I also liked how Ted and Eric just didn't like any of the nefarious tactics that Hugh Morris. I mean, I know there have been heel commentaries about it, but it's like lads, it's a Mexican death match. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. To, that's a fine. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the one match where the bending of the rules is okay <laughs> that's a fine no it's perfectly fine sir um, so at this point speaking of Eric and Ted I, I do feel I have to mention um, when you have got two heel commentators on the desk um, you know no no other like you know no you know, baby face commentary however you want to phrase that um that commentary can get very grating after a while. And when you've got two guys that are, uh, you know, they're, they're mid, aren't they? They're, you know, they're not great at what they do, but they're, no, they're not bad. They're no striker or graves, are they? They're not, you know, we, we can hear them talk, but just, yeah, it's it's just, I, I just feel like we could have done with like Tony or Bobby or even, even Dusty, just some, some ridiculousness just to, to, just to cleanse the palate a little. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had so they had the thingy. They had the um, the, the WCW folk in the in the crowd. I don't see, and then we have a bit later on where they sort of interject themselves in the in, in the match. I don't understand why they couldn't have had even if they did a thingy. Because was it around this time? When did Bobby try and join the NWO? That was the that was the next year. That was that was just before Starcade because he's not on Starcade ninety seven. Is that what it was? Yeah. I was like, if they if if the if the timing had been right, they could have done that where this was like Bobby's tryout or something. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have done something that they were trying out. I don't know. I mean, Lee Marshall would have been better than listening to two heel commentators <laughs> all night. Um, Especially like I say, when it's these two heel commentators, yeah. you know, if you've got like. Or, You've got like two really good heel comedy. Even even heel Cole, like at least he explains the story, what's yeah. going on in the match. I, I and they do try and do it throughout the show. With it, they they are trying to big. They are trying to sort of put people over, but it's done. Mm. See when it's done in amongst an absolute crowd of shitting on them, it it loses mm. some of its luster because at one point. At one point, that Eric Bischoff, I can't remember if it was in this match, or I think it might have been the next one, he talked about how much he respects the history of WCW and the NWA and the AWA and all the territories that came before it, but NWA was the new yeah, yeah, thing. I, I, yeah, yeah I, thought, I, I thought that was a bit weird when he said like, that. That's, I was like, no. that's really out of place. Um, yes. But, yeah, I, I think even... Tanae, put Tanae on it. Hmm. Because he would have, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Anything, anything to anybody would have been a, a, a palate cleanser to ju- to just yeah, have just it to literally, literally just to break them up. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you can still, I'd still, 
And instead of both of them on there, that's absolutely no, no I've got no problem with that. But just those two all night for three hours. Even if they bring in Lee Marshall or Mike Tenay and Bischoff says, you are purely here to do play-by-play. Like, make it yeah. part of the thing. And if he starts to do, if he starts to, to go pro-WCW or pro, um, or had to be pro-WCW, then Bischoff is there, goes, you're just here to call the moves. Yeah, and then because, got, he, because you, he's the boss, he could act like an arse. Yeah, yeah, you've got, you've got it there. You, you mentioned it all night about contracts. You can just say it's part of your contract. You've got to do this show. Yeah. You will do nothing else other than you have to do this show, and you will do nothing else other than call the moves that are in the ring, mm. or else you'll get like the shit beaten out of you. Yeah, or you will be in my office first thing Monday morning, sort mm. of thing, and then do what uh, they did with Randy yeah. Anderson. Just thingy, bring him out, make a mug him, sack him on the spot. On Monday. <laughs> but make sure you tell your kid just tell tell your dad you're still fighting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that might be my third greatest WCW moment. <laughs> Old timer. Which kind of tells you the kind of bastard I can be at times. However, <laughs> um, Callum, after this match, we then go back to our good friend Jeff Katz and his very probing questions to the ladies. Um, this time, it's as good as the first time this time. Um, but we see the house band, but we don't actually hear them because of, I'm guessing, some licensing restrictions, meaning we cannot hear the dulcet tones of the NWO house band. So instead we get the, the B-team music all night, which I know, well, it's certainly a theme song, isn't it? It, it certainly is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, the end up, We didn't even get the NWO Japan theme for, for Masahiro mm. Chono, which I think, and from memory serves me, um, NWO Japan theme was always one of these ones that you would get on LimeWire or Kazaa that would say NWO Japan theme rare. Uh, it's all over YouTube now, but it's quite quite a quite a, 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 a snazzy little tune. I wish we'd got that. Now, yes. Now, now as Callum mentioned, uh, Bischoff is um, bigging up the NWO as the new future, as this new wave of wrestling. <laughs> this you know, shine to the future. You know, this is it. Now we're we're you know, we're, we're banishing all the troops of the past. Um, so to that end, our third match of the night is between uh, Jeff Jarrett and Michael Wall Street, otherwise known as IRS. So, uh, Callum, if you wanted a match from 1987, this match is for you. Yes. Um, although when you were when you were talking there, I thought you were going to mention uh, Bischoff's clip that they were on the cutting edge of technology because they've got a website. Oh. I have got that note. I have got that note. I've got that note about the website. Um, we we are I'm on sure, the line. I'm sure the website's had more glitches than a post office. Um, that's a bit of British topical humour, by the way. You won't get that in America, but just link that up. Look at that particular one. Yes, um, but yes, the, the mentioning of the uh, the web has. But it's like that like I'm in the Simpsons, isn't it? Website, eh? <laughs> it's, it's literally like Homer.com, and all it is is a picture. I'm always missing was the dancing Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, yes, I, 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 I wish. Oh, Kroger, I'm going after we finish recording. This, I'm going to try going the way back machine see if I can find NWO.com from 1997. Oh, I might do luck, it just now. Luck. I might do it just now. Anything to stop me talking about this match that's coming up now. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I've got a couple of things. Well, I'll, I'll let you talk in the next Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> first right. thing, first thing, first thing is Jeff's white wearing the same 
white outfit that he wore in 1994, um, which I appreciated on this show full of blackness, you know, a nice white outfit. It did stand out a little bit. Um, we do see Deborah and Mungo at ringside, though, which and that will play into the end of this match. But the match itself is as basic as basic it can be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's everything that you would have thought a Jeff... I mean, if you had asked someone to describe a Jeff Jarrett versus Michael Wall Street match, this would be it. This would just absolutely... They will be... They could They could have... They could, they could themselves have scripted this match, DDP and Randy Savage style, move for move, from the very start to the very finish of what only turned out to be nine minutes. It felt like 90 um, <laughs> Bischoff, right? Again, going back into striker territory. This will be a great match. Now, my thought here is my next note is the people have already bought the show, Eric. There is no need to lie like that. <laughs> uh, it's like the, 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 the one thing, and I was talking about the colour of the of 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 the show earlier on. That everything was just sucked into this black hole. Apart from this match, which was just beige. Right, this match was. <laughs> This was, this was. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, okay, is very capable of having, is very capable of having good matches. You saw it. Put him in the ring with a Shawn Michaels, he'll have a good match. Put him in the ring with yes. someone who's technically sound, he could have a very, very good match. Um, Michael Wall Street is a technically sound wrestler. I'm not going to take anything away from the man, okay. But there's a reason why he was in the Varsity Club. Because they didn't need to show any personality. There's a reason why no. he was a tax man because he didn't have to show any personality. He's the most boring man in the world, um, which most, makes bo- you most boring man in the world wearing sort of a, you know, just just wearing black. Ah, uh-huh. which makes you, which makes you, it, it feels really strange that his offspring are Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt, God rest his soul, two of the more interesting people. Like, Bo Dallas was quite an interesting guy. He, he had a bit of personality mm. about him, and we all know what Bray Wyatt was. How yeah. that? How how he? They must get that for their mother, because they certainly <laughs> didn't get it from him. Um, there was at one point. I have got here three sleepers in five minutes. Fuck this match. Okay, this was rubbish. This was Mike uh, Nick Patrick pulling Wall Street to the ropes was funny. It was really yes, good when they figure four. That was really good. But that was on Nick Patrick. To do <laughs> the fucking referee. Uh, I have given this 1.25 because it was technically sound. You had the really good bit about Nick Patrick um, pulling Wall Street towards the ropes. And um, Mongo, baby. You can't, you, <laughs> you, 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 can't give, you can't give a match where Mongo's involved less than a star. <laughs> now I have a note. I have a note on my my race. You, you know, you know how I certain wrestlers I lock in on. Um, so one of my one of my streets. Um, instead of the IRS abdominal stretch, we get a face lock with feet on the ropes. This race hold lasts a good two minutes. That's one note. <laughs> Literally two notes later. Ah, here is the abdominal stretch. But Mungo decides to whack Wall Street in the head with a chair with with the briefcase and forces Patrick to count the three. I was like, I need my Wall Street. I need my IRS abdominal stretcher. You're not giving it to me, you bastard. The the, the thing about and, and, and they were all going on about they were making such a big fuss about it being um, Deborah was was obviously put Mongo up to it. Mongo was just like everybody else. He was just going, fuck this match. Let's get this over and done with. I'm a horse. I don't nearest, need to be subjected get, to this. Can we get to the nearest bar, please? 
where's that man with my with my little baggy? <laughs> so after the match, we go to Jeff again, who is with some of the older ladies in the NWO contest. Um, but thanks to the loud music that the house band are playing, they can't actually hear any of the questions, which I, I, I which did pop me a bit. I've got to be honest. I was like, oh, you poor old dears. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah. Was, it, was this the one that was... I don't actually have a note for this one. Was this the one that it was the seniors division? Or is that yes. later on? Yes, uh, yes. That's a... <laughs> they just... Honestly, they just took the piss out of these women all night. It was so bad. So... Our, ne- our next match for the evening. Um, so we've had, you know, it's our first blood feud match of the night, and it is blood feud in quotation marks, guys. But it is between Scotty Riggs and the newly turned Buff Bagwell. Yes, it's a battle of the American males, people. Um, which our announcer uh, plays up on by saying that uh, Scotty Riggs will always be number two. And an American male loser, which just popped me big. I can't that loser. I know. I know it's very irritating for some people. But I love the loser. loser. <laughs> um, Buff then can't take his jacket off because his muscles are now just too big. <laughs> then the jacket is too small. Now I'm all forgiving. I'm all forgiving young talent a good amount of time. You know, we got. You know, you gotta. You gotta set the table for the next generation. I totally get that, but. Uh, this match went nearly 20 fucking minutes, Callum. Nearly 20 minutes. Now, I didn't... I, so when you told me that before the show, I didn't um, I, I didn't realise it had actually gone that long because I didn't actually mind this match. And I think it's because um, what we'd been subjected to before, um, it, it, sorry, before in the pre- preceding... 45 minutes to an hour and immediately before this in the match before um, but you're right it, it's actually got some form of story behind it whereas the last three matches obviously there was the, the there was the Conan story with Bubba Conan was taken out you don't have that anymore um, you've then got Jericho and Chono two guys thrown together you have got um, Wall Street and Jeff Jarrett Seemingly two guys thrown together. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so this actually has a bit of story behind it. And, you know, this is probably the biggest explosion of a tag team since the Rockers. Possibly even the Mega Powers. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the, the American males were were quite were quite the hit back in the mid-90s, I, I believe. Um, American males, American males, American males, American males. Exactly. I mean... That's, I mean, that theme tune up with the NWO A-team theme and the, and the Horseman theme is probably the best that they've ever had in WCW. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't think... I didn't think this one was too bad, and I think it's more to do with the fact that the crowd, for the first time all night, seemed to be into this match. Um, mm. the, 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 again, it was much better. It was the best match of the night so far, I, I thought. Um so uh, yeah, it was so the crowd really didn't like Buff Bagwell. <clears throat> I mean, no. you know, twenty odd years in hindsight, God, twenty six years in hindsight, bloody hell, what was that time? I know, no, right? Twenty seven. Right. Jesus, man. Um, 
almost 30 years in hindsight it's understandable why they why, why they didn't like buff bagwell but it's the most it's the most active the crowd has been and that's an hour and five minutes into the show i've time stamped that at. um bischoff again trying to claim a, a, a disqualification for a throw over the top rope that's wcw rules eric you cannot have it both ways um <laughs> <laughs> the thing I got, you might know. I don't. I don't know if you know the, the story behind this. Why does Eric Bischoff keep mentioning the Super Bowl? Because I think the Super Bowl is the next night. So is that what it I've is? Got, no, I've, got, I've got it in my notes because Eric says Buff is off to Japan on tomorrow night, and I think tomorrow night is Super Bowl night. Right. So okay. He says, so he says he says Buff's going to miss the Super Bowl. Because I was I was thinking. I, I was. I thought it might have been the year that the Falcons had got there, but was that not the year after? Mm. No, the, it's, a, it's the year. It's the year, it's the Packers and where did they get? I think that's what ended up. The Packers, the Packers and the was it the Packers yeah. and Patriots? Ah, uh, aye, it was that this year. It might be the first. Of the, it might be the first of the six. Because I had looked at the, I had looked. You keep talking. I'll have a, I'll have a quick look. You keep right. talking because I had I had looked at, at at the Super Bowl and I thought it, I thought it was the year that the Falcons had got to the Super Bowl. Did they not play Denver in the Super Bowl one year? And I thought that's what they were doing because it was obviously the the Atlanta link. Um, but I didn't I, I couldn't understand why they kept mentioning it. Um, uh, I've got noted the Bagwell sucks chant there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I was yes, so yeah. I'm sorry, Callum. I was right. It was Super Bowl thirty one, Patriots and the Packers. Right. I so I, I couldn't. I was just. I was. I was because it's not because he mentioned it like four times during this match, but he mentioned it all night. Um, I know it wasn't, and it wasn't the first of the six because Parcells was in charge. But apologies to our American friends. And apologies to any Green Bay Packers fans who, who Ben yeah. has just removed uh, the ring from. Half half time show <coughs> from the Blues Brothers, James Brown and ZZ Top. That's a that's a hell of a threesome. Yeah, but well. There. <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, back to the match. Back to the match. Yes, the debut of the blockbuster was nice, and and I, yes. I, I mentioned that I, I I was going to mention that a few times during during my notes. But see the out like the, the camera angle that they had. The guy had like the, the camera on the big pole. Yeah, that was a that I was nice. It, I, I called like it. That. I called it. I called it the the boom mic the give me without the boom mic camera angle. Yes, I enjoyed yes. that too. That was actually quite good, and it got a really really good look of the blockbuster as well. So uh, points added on to that one. Now I might have been a bit delirious for this because I said as I I, I did quite enjoy the match, and having had to to sit through an hour of absolute dreck before it, I went two and a half on this one. I didn't think it was that mm. bad at all. I'm gonna bump it, I'm gonna bump it up slightly from my initial rating. I got one point seven five on it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it that now because, like, I I also like the fact that with both they they were they were clearly uh, gonna you know as much as you can in the NWO uh, strap the rocket to him and put you know push him to the hill. I mean I know mm. it didn't work out like that, but that's how it felt like this. This felt like the creation of a new star. So. You know, I like much like our WrestleMania eight. It would have been Marty versus Sean, but for reasons, and Sean would have gone over, usually over. But I, I think this is that same kind of deal. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think this was the. I, I think at the time they probably picked the right guy to out of the oh, American no, to, to, to oh, do absolutely. it to be the Sean. I don't think it was a there was a there wasn't a doubt about that. Um, 
And this was this was the one the, the guys that turned to the NWO buffs the buffs the big one that I thought they could they could try and make it work. The other one was mm. was Bubba because he needed an enforcer. Um, yes. So I can understand that. And then after that, you're sort of diluting it down. But I thought this is going to be you've got the, the established like, like you said you've got the established guys and 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 the big three. But then mm. if they could if they could if to use that put they can put their name to it because Buff after this match was all over this show. Mm. Um, yeah, they're obviously using this to, to to try and push him to push him in the moon, and then unfortunately, for one reason or another, it never just quite happened for him. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I know I keep talking about AEW. I'm gonna try and stop you, but it's a bit like with the, it's a bit like with the Blackpool Combat Club, isn't it? You've got Moxley and Danielson, you've got Claudio as your enforcer, and you've got Wheeler in your Buff Bagwell Young Boy role. Yeah, same um, kind of deal. Yeah, you're trying to use the names of the established guys to 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 boost your to boost your um your 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 younger guys, and to to an extent, it's what they're doing now with um or they're trying to do with Wardlow again, try to heat mm. him back up by putting him with yeah. established guys as the enforcer. For he's obviously in the enforcer and the guy that they see are strapping the rocket to should be strapping the rocket to certainly. Well. Thinking, thinking about it, just thinking about it in WWE terms, it's a bit like with the Judgment Day as well, isn't it? You know, you know, they're using uh, Balor's name value to get Mysterio and Priest over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's it's and that is going to be that is he's Dominic Mysterio is actually turning out to be the anti Bagwell because it's working. I like until Dom gets in the ring. I like Dom a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's just one, and unfortunately, it seems to be that because I don't think, I don't think it's really working overly well with Wheeler at the, at this point in time. Mm. Um, no. Wardlow's had. I, I remain skeptical on Wardlow just now because you thought he should have been at a bigger level already well, after the NGF. Wardlow, 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 I, Wardlow, I think will be like Jade. I think he'll be huge when he goes to WWF. Or WWE, I should say. He's not maybe an AEW guy, but possibly not. Jump. Yeah, possibly not. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're probably right. I think he's the right guy in the wrong place, to be honest. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah. I think we should. I think we should take a break there because we, we, you know, we finished talking about the match. Now we're talking about AEW again, which <laughs> I'm deliberately trying not to do, so I don't want to get like accused of things. <laughs> well, we could talk about Drew McIntyre a lot in the second half. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do that in the second half of the show. We have got three title matches as well as probably the probably the birth of a main event star. But we'll get we'll get to that when we get to that. So for Callum McDougall, I am Ben Lock, and we will see you on the other side.
Place to be Nation, welcome back to episode 41 of Chicken Salad. My name's Ben Lock. I'm here with Callum McDougall, and we are talking all things NWO sold out 1997, as well as some other weird tangents, which we're trying to keep as, bri- as brisk as possible, but you know what we're like. Um, so let's go back to the show. Uh, Jeff is back with some more probing questions, and yet again, the ladies can't actually hear anything, which is probably for the best. Our next match in the ring is between Scott Norton representing the NWO and Diamond Dallas Plates. Now, Callum, this is the last stages of DDP being a scumbag heel. He'd already hit Hall with the diamond cutter at this point, which the commentators make reference to. Um, this is just a nice basic match until the very end when uh, Buff tries to get uh, Paige to join the NWO again. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this was the, 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 you could tell that the crowd are really starting to get behind DDP. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a, a a smattering of when he first comes out. There was a smattering of uh, cheers um, that w- that were louder than any, really anything else of, of the night so far. Because I think there's obviously that as you say, he's not quite fully there yet. He's still transitioning out of, of, of the character from before. But the, mm. you, you could hear that the crowd are starting to they're starting to get behind them. It's um, a bit it's a bit like it's a bit like the LA Knight situation from last year, you know, just the slightly older guy with a cool catchphrase and cool move and the fans latch onto it. Yeah. I mean it's not a thing, it's not <clears throat> it's, as we've always said on, on the specialists, it's not rocket science. Give no. just give 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 them something. Give the crowd something that they can that they can latch onto, and then they'll be, um, they'll be if there's something there. They will react to it. Like they get so obviously DDP's got uh, the, the 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 self high five and the bang uh, catchphrase. A, a guy in the crowd actually has a DDP bam um, exclamation mm. mark. Uh, sign. So obviously the, the, the catchphrase is, is, is starting to catch on, if not quite all the way with that man. Um, but he's it, getting there. He's getting there. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I always, I've always quite, I've always quite liked Scott Norton for some reason. I have. Uh, yeah, yo, I'm there. Um, Fire and Ice, just what a great team. Um, I remember, I always remember when we did, when we had Tim, remember when we had Tim Capel on Special Agents mm-hmm. and he was talking to us about that. Uh, Fire and Ice um, Steiner Brothers match, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's fucking it's a fucking amazing match." Um, he's just one of these guys. That I think I, I'm trying to think of the I'm trying to think of the comparison. It's just he's just one of these guys that he, he draws you in, and it's, mm. it's quite an, it's quite an, like who would you like? You wouldn't say he's one of the best ever. But got, no. What's your what's your opinion, Scott Norton? He's great. Love him. He's, He's, he's he's got a charisma about him, you know. You can like they, they mentioned the bouncing, you know, the bouncing he did, and you can you know you mm. can totally see it and believe it. He's believable. Oh, yeah. It's like <clears throat> it's, it's what we were saying about Chono earlier on. You look at that man, mm. and you think he can he's a bad ass. man. You're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna mess with that guy. Yeah, he could. I could. I I could easily like they were talking about. He would uh, throw you to your seat. He would take you out to your car. I can imagine Scott Norton. On his way out, take it, escorting this older couple back to their car to make sure they get home <laughs> all right, and then coming back out and starting a brawl as soon as he gets back in because somebody's trying to be rowdy. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is a comparison just off the top of my head? He's 
although obviously he, the, the, the person I'm talking about is a lot better wrestler, he's, he's the Samoa Joe of his day. He just looks like a bad son of a bitch. And yes. I'm not messing, I am not messing with that guy. Yeah, I mean, you I, you're just you're just like you're just drawn to him. Um, mm. And I was like, there's one word for Norton, burly. He's just a burly <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, because there's, um, there's that spot right at the beginning of the match where Paige literally just runs into him and he just ends up falling outside. And it's it's the, it's the fact that like so he's obviously got a slightly undersized singlet, and I think that's by design because it just makes him look bigger. <laughs> Than, yes. than he already is, because he's already a very, very large individual. Um, the, the the sort of half styles clash that the DDP gets him up in makes it even more impressive because he is such a large man. Um, mm. This is the, this is the match that I actually made the note about the commentary. It is so weird because obviously DDP is now their their next project. They've got Buff on the heel side. DDP is their next project on the face side. Bischoff has obviously got this long-standing relationship with DDP and, and they're obviously really, really good friends. So they are trying, both of them are trying really hard to put DDP over. But they're also trying to I, run down WCW at the same time. And it's so strange. I, and I also liked how they, um, they they kept mentioning that it was Hollywood who wanted, you know, who was giving Paige a second chance. So we've got to give him a second chance. So that's that's why yeah. that was the excuse they needed to put him over in commentary. Is well, Hulk says he's Hulk says he's good, so he's got to be good. Yeah, and it was he was asked by Scott Hall to join the NWO as well. So everything's pointing to this isn't this. Is, I, I know I keep going back to him. This is, this is really bad, but it's not Wall Street taking a contract because no. he's got fucking nothing else to do. This is the this is Scott Hall asking DDP to join. Hogan, as you say, giving him, give him the second chance because we need this guy. Also, Welsh trying to thingy, Welsh trying to um, put down WCW at the same time and put down uh, yeah. DDP. Very, very strange. But uh, my last note here is DDP is on the fast track to overfill. This man, yes. you could just tell. This and obviously, obviously, it was the people's champion later on because there is similarities to The Rock. They just people gravitated towards him eventually, and you just you well, could it, just it, you could just tell he was just people were going to get behind this man. It's just that thing. Some people have just got it. You can't yeah. describe what it is, but some people have just got it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, nonsense ending I've got here, but good moment. Two stars. So I thought the match up to yeah, that yeah. point was. I thought the match up to that point as well was was perfectly acceptable as well. It was like, yeah, was I, went, I, I went one and a half on it. It's the difference between you know using that Wall Street match. The difference between having a basic match with no point and a basic match with a point. Yeah, this was this was an angle that was that, that had a ten minute match attached to it. Really, yeah. this was all. This was all to get to that that diamond cutter on. Um, who did it hit the diamond cutter on first of all? Was it? Yeah, Bagwell. No, really, on Norton. Was it not? Cause yeah, because yeah, he went for the high five and the shake of ah, the hands so he and did. he dragged yeah. him in. And then, then him taking on five guys at the same time. It was all it was all leading up to, to that point. So, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all good. It was. Um, we Whilst the replay is going on, we get more questions from Jeff, who's with the ladies. Um, 
sadly, again, we didn't. Well, I didn't bother writing any of the, the answers down because there was nothing particularly witty to write down. And so we will go straight, straight to our next match, which is for the WCW World Tag Team Championship between the Steiner Brothers and the Outsiders. The Steiner Brothers get announced as Michigan Mutts. Um, what did put me very hard, Callum, was uh, Eric talking about all the charity work that Hall and Nash do. No, we call it Nash as we do. I can't see them being the, the make-a-wish kind of people. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, in, in terms of the charity that these guys do, I think they, 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 they'll, they'll buy you a drink in the bar or something. I don't know. That's true. That's very true. You know, I just Kevin Nash would show old ladies and out to their car to make sure that they get out okay and then beat up the same guy that Scott Norton did when um, he get back in the bar. Rick Steiner clearly didn't get the wear all black memo. You know, there was a bit of, there was quite a few colours in his arrangement. Um Holland I, I, I liked on commentary see here's where the commentary was actually decent because Bischoff and DBLC kept trying to sell the fact that um Scott Steiner had got a back issue and Although it never really played into the match, they at least paid it a bit of lip service that I did that I did appreciate. Um, what I will say for this match is, given the talent level involved, it was it was a little disappointing, but easily the match of the night so far. Oh, definitely. Um, I don't think I think it's another going to, going to be another one of these matches that I think was um, was hampered by a by a. A, a very very poor crowd, um, because Scott comes in. Scott comes in. I've only got Steiner. Oh no, it was both of them actually right at the start of the match, mm. and they're clearing house. Sorry, and then they do yeah, the yeah. pose in the middle of the ring. Yeah, and yeah, the they're, crowd they're doing the dead. Yeah, but I think that's because they've had they've basically had an hour worth of shit to watch beforehand. Yeah, there is there, there is that. Um, there was a there was a really cool moment that was I was I was mightily impressed by. Um, Rick comes off was it the second rope or maybe top rope? I'm sure it was the second rope with a flying cross body, and Hall catches him, and it was almost yes, the one the fall, ha- yeah. almost the one arm. It I almost felt like the fall away. There was almost like a fall away slam in one movement. Yes, that was yeah, really cool. Like, that is really impressive. You're a strong mofo, a lot stronger than than than, than he looks to be honest. Um. I thought the match was. I thought the match was actually was 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 quite good, um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was it was fine. But the crowd, the crowd weren't as the crowd was not as mental as I thought they were mm. going to be for 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 the finish. Um, given and obviously, given how what what you mentioned earlier on, what uh, Randy Anderson's indiscretions going forward would lead to eventually, <laughs> it was a fun ending. Knowing what that would lead to. Um, but you thought that, that the crowd, and this goes back to what you what we were saying earlier on, that the crowd aren't really pro NWO, but they're not really pro WCW either. But if you mm. look at the reaction they have, was it super? Was it Super Brawl? What's the, the the one that the Giant and Luger won the titles? Yeah, and the crowd. Oh yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Mental. I know you. I know what you mean. Uh, it's either Super Brawl or Spring Stampede. It's one of the two. You expect that because these guys have been running roughshod, and you've finally t- probably taken the titles off them, and it's yeah. just like it's like the, it's like the guy the guy at the back of the room in the Simpsons going yay, it's like <laughs> okay, 
I, um, I think it was a combination. I think it was a combination of, like, I say, the crowd being burnt out because of what they've watched before, and also probably because you know, you know, you know, quite a few of the crowd know the stuff, particularly WCW fans. You know, they're they're quite familiar with the dusty finish, and they're like, "Well, this this yeah. doesn't feel right." And and Bischoff straight away, obviously, the people in the crowd don't know that, but Bischoff straight away go, "No, nope, this isn't going to last. We're changing this in Monday." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. That's well worth my twenty-five dollars. Um, <laughs> but I, I went two and a half on it because the match itself was, yeah, well, was I, all right. We, we are matching. We're matching again. Two and a half. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, but as you say, I think we'll, we'll talk about it later on. Two and a half probably should have been a lot higher than that, given who was involved. Mm. I also want to very quickly mention, um, just after the fall away slam spot that we mentioned, uh, a great Bischoff lie when he was when he was talking about Hall and he was like, you know, bigging up Scott Hall and he said, it's a proper wink wink moment. He's like, uh, yeah, he should have a move named after him. And I was like, yeah. I, I did. I did catch that. And I thought that was quite, I thought that was quite funny. It was like, I, I, I thought that was, I was like, that's quite clever for you guys. <laughs> But yeah, two and a half. Uh, match of the night so far, which, which is kind of telling you everything you need to know about the quality of this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one as well. There was a wee, uh, there was another inside wink wink moment. It was funnily from, from Jeff Katz, uh, his best moment of the night, where they kept oh, talking yes. about Vince. Oh, Vince, yes, yes. They kept talking about Vince in a, in a, uh, a shit hair piece and a powder blue suit. And I was like, <laughs> well done, boys. Well done, guys. I like that. Oh, I wonder yourself. which Vince. I wonder which Vince you are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Our next match in the ring is for the United States Championship, and it pits the champion, Eddie Guerrero, against the NWO6. Um, and we have to mention it. It's horribly racist, but we have to mention it because it's probably the line of the night. We're doing lines of the night where uh, Eric is introduced as a Mexican jumping piece. <laughs> I can't oh, see it yes. without laughing. I can't even say it without laughing. You, um, like you could tell that Eddie didn't know that was coming and was not fucking happy about it. No, no, no. Because <laughs> he was doing that thing of, and now I'm going to tell you what WCW is all about. You could just yeah. slowly see him getting angry in his because because <laughs> his Eddie delivery. stopped in his tracks and he turned round as if to look at back at the stage, going, "I didn't just hear that." <laughs> Now, Eddie has won. Eddie won the tournament to become the United States champion. So he is the champion coming in, but he does not have control of the belt because Six stole it from him. So Six brings the belt to a ringside. Um, my second note for the match, Callum, reads that this match is going to have to be a classic to save this show. Yes, yeah, it, it, it really did. Um. And fair play to them. They gave it a good go. They gave it a good old college try. Um, my, my, my first thing, it was almost, it was almost, uh, uh, turn, well, I did turn it off at this point because I was so outraged that Six, I watched it over two seconds, I was so outraged that Six came out to the B-team music. Um, I wasn't <laughs> happy. Um, <clears throat> the, the US champion of the world was the ring announcer, Connor. I mean, yeah. technically... Technically, the US is in the world, but, you know, so semantics there. But no, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> Bischoff was the most animated he was all night, talking about fake karate people. He went on for <laughs> two and a half minutes about people who claim they have a, to have a couple of lessons down the YMCA and then claim to be a black belt. Again, 
Bischoff is more obviously he's like he's been more annoyed at uh, karate than he was at any of the wrestling tonight. Um, <laughs> these two guys were having a really really good match in the ring because they didn't they didn't go towards the ladder for quite a while into the match. And they're having a really good match, and Six does a plancher to the outside, and there is crickets. I mean, these yeah, two are, they do. are, are uh, no response whatsoever. the The, the crowd are being are, are being fed a brilliant match with two of the best in the company, and they couldn't give two fucks. Um, there was the, 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 the sort of the springboard drop kick thing from the top of the ladder. Gets a bigger reaction <laughs> from Ted DiBiase and Eric Bischoff than it does from the crowd. Excuse I'm me, Callum. Th- excuse me. Excuse me, Callum. That's not a springboard drop kick. That's an inverted jump sidekick. Oh, fuck's sake. Get it right. Get it so, right. Apologies. Apologies. Um, and I'm just thinking, you ungrateful bastards. Like, <laughs> honestly, I say, so my, my last note is this match is so much better than the crowd reaction would have you believe and much, much better than this crowd actually deserve. Um, yes. Great match. The crowd can cheer. There is people in the crowd. It isn't, it isn't just people dressed up as chairs um, or chairs, chairs dressed up as people, sorry, um, because they do go, there is a massive, massive reaction for Eddie when he wins. But, and I, I, I've never been in the middle of a ring, okay? I will never be in the middle of the ring. I've got a very low pain tolerance and I'm really not that fit. But I, I, it must be so difficult when you're doing all this and you're getting no reaction. Even if you're getting, even if you're in front of 50 folk, if they're giving you a reaction, you've got something to feed off. These guys were getting yeah. nothing back from this crowd and it is, it is so, it's so disappointing. But saying that, I still think they put on a four-star match. I thought this was brilliant. It's like it's like the pandemic wrestling all over again, isn't it? Like, just just how can you react? You can't react to a piped noise, and that's yeah. why, and that's why, and, and you know, that's why I think WWE <clears throat> had so many problems when they came back to a live crowd, like because they couldn't control things. Yeah, and just you know, but like you say, this, this crowd just. And I don't know whether it's just burnout, out, but yeah, they just didn't give one single shit. Um, what I want to say, what I will say about Bishop, I know I've just took the piss out of his uh, martial arts country style, but uh, I did like how they kept referencing that Six had been coached or trained by Scott Hall for the match. Like, you know, obviously we can't mention Shawn Michaels, but Scott, you know, yes. Scott's the master of the ladder match. The but, inventor of the ladder match. Every, I, I enjoyed all, I enjoyed all of that stuff. I'll be honest. And, also, although very ominous, given what happened a year later, mentioning that uh, Six is quite prone to concussions, I was like, mm. yeah, <laughs> maybe, well, uh-huh. maybe, well, yeah, <laughs> slightly, but yeah. I, 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 I didn't go as high as you. I went three and a half, but I, I really enjoyed this, and I can totally see why you went four on it because I probably could go to four playing in front of a better crowd because the moves in the match were. Basic for a ladder match, but you got to remember this is like maybe the third. I think only the third ladder match in North America at this point. Uh, yes, certainly on. I think yeah, certainly on paper. Yeah, view, on, so, I mean, on on that. You know, the most what not what what's the word I'm looking for? Like the actually been seen. I know the Brett match. Oh Brett well, yeah, match uh, yeah, Even discounting that, you probably they, they wouldn't have had any on television. Yes, yeah, so you get the two Razor Shawn ones and then this one. Yeah. 
So is you're not going to be you're not going to be you're not going to be doing all manner of crazy shit off ladders just yet. No, I mean that doesn't really come in for another couple of years until the TLC until the Tardies and and, and Edge and Christian really start getting and the Dudleys mm. start getting into their thing. But so this would this would have been what your what your ladder match would have been at the time. But certainly it's not. It didn't. It, 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 probably I'd rated higher for, for for us just now because it is different to the ladder matches that we're sort of used to just now. It was a nice, pleasant change. Um, but yeah, I mean it's. It was it was perfectly it was it was uh, the the ladder wasn't a crutch for them as it can no, be for, no. for as it can be in some modern ladder matches. Now I remember I mean, watching. I, I, sorry, there's literally sorry. I was going to say there's literally only two spots in the match where they're both on top of the ladder, isn't there? You know, the, the, yeah. there's none of that fake grabbing shit. There's there's there is the invert the, the inverted kick and then, yes. the, uh, and then the and then the and then the spot at the end. Yeah. Where Eddie wins it. That's literally the only time they're both on the ladder at the same time. Yeah, and I was the, the, the match that I would I would point to would be the first double or nothing, the the, the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, and excellent match. I'm not going to I'm not putting the match down at all. It's it is, it is an absolutely fantastic match. But from about five minutes in, everything they did involved a ladder, or they were jumping off the ladder, or they were they were doing moves off the ladder or onto the ladder. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the ladder became the ladder became a fifth participant in that match. Yes. Having I something like this was just it was a match. Then they brought the ladder in. They kinda used it. They had their two spots on the top. We went home happy. It was it was it was mm. it was different to what we're used to just now and I think that helped a wee bit as well. Mm. And so I think pretty confident saying uh, probably, well, I say probably, I'm pretty confident saying uh, six is best WCW match. Um, and one, yeah. one of Eddie's best, can't say it's his best, but one of, one of Eddie's best, certainly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you start off with this and then you get to have up 97. The, the man has a hell of a 1997. Mm. I, think, I think the other thing, going back to where your original point is, the fact that the pace of this match is so totally different than everything anything else this this is a palate cleanser in terms of matches because it's just totally different from everything else we've seen so far yeah absolutely yeah i th- there could be an argument you could have you should have put this on first it would have been a, certainly yes. a whole certainly a whole opener to the thingy certainly yeah, a certainly a whole yeah. opener to the to the show but i like i like it that they, they, they that was quite prominent on the show as well that like you have so you have the outsiders and then mm. you have these two guys actually getting they're in the semi main, and they're yeah. getting they're getting the spotlight. A big big spot for them both, but I think they they, they, they grabbed it with thingy. They grabbed right. it. Um, I think this with both hands. I think this was a very WCW thing, wasn't it? Start with like basic matches, and then build up to the to the quote unquote big matches on your show. They might not be big matches. We might not think of them as big matches, but it's what they think are big matches. Yeah, well, I think that, that's again going back to, to to modern to modern times. WWE will start off big match. Cool down, big match. Cool down, yeah. big match. Cool down. Yeah, and then if you're, if you're at WrestleMania, WCW, time, WCW start cool and just build the heat yeah. straight up. Yeah. And then if you're if you're at WrestleMania, then it'll be after your last cool down. It's like big match, bigger match, bigger match again. But then mm-hmm. you've got you've got just now AEW. They, their shows, but their shows will be all your lesser matches first. Then you've got all your mid. They they just do it by card, so it's like by, by your states in the card. All your all your matches, all your lesser matches first. Then you've got your yes. thingy. Then you've got your your mid card matches, and then you've got the ones that everyone's bought their ticket for. 
almost, and it sort of it crescendos right at the end as opposed to going up and down, um, and and the way that the, the WWE do. But you know, it's 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 it worked for WCW for the longest time. So I'm not criticising mm-hmm. them on that, and, I, and I'm not criticising them for putting these two guys in the spot they did because they uh, they did a hell of a job. As I say, they did a better job than most people have ever done. Aye. But Callum, I have some exciting news for you because it is time for the finals of the Miss NWO contest. Oh, Are thank God. Yes. Are you ready? Oh, I am ready. Our good friend Jeff runs down all the participants and they even get, they even all get a tale of the tape. Uh, if I hadn't made it clear before, these are the best looking women in the world. Um, my note reads that they look like they had been picked from a local biker bar, which Eric then goes, which Eric then confirms is he's the one who gets to pick a winner. And he says, one of the conditions for entry to the competition is that you had your own bike. And uh, yeah, given, given the, given the state to some of them, uh, you can believe that um, the contest comes down to number two and number seven. Eric, rather than asking the question over the mic, whispers the question to the contestants, and they whisper him the answer. He decides to pick number seven, and they proceed to tongue each other, which was a lovely sight to see. She then gets a crown and flowers, and that is going to be ten minutes of my life. I ain't getting back, but I was able to distill it down into one nice, precise paragraph. Well done, you. I mean, I I got it. I, I... Didn't even get that. I thought the winner was going to be the one that looked like Carmela from The Sopranos. Yes. Or, or had, had a vague resemblance to Carmela from The Sopranos. Because I thought that was Eric Bischoff's real-life wife. Mm. Um, she kind of... She looks reasonably was she similar. Number, number, was, she, was she number four? Is that the one yes. I'm thinking of? The blonde, yeah. the blonde one. And this is going to sound this is going to sound quite vulgar and sexist of me, but, you know, she blonde, she was quite pretty, and uh, she was showing, she, you know, she was showing her assets off, and she was, yeah, she was the only, she was the only one you you, can, you felt comfortable taking home to your mother. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I, I thought, I thought for the whole time that she looked like Eric Bischoff's wife, so I thought, there you go, ah, he's going to get on, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's going to get to make out with his wife on pay per view because that's something that Vince McMahon would never do. Um. He would just make out with other people in front of his wife on pay per view. That's correct. Uh, yes, um, but so I thought I thought that was that that, that was going to be uh, the, the winner. Um, I did like that the fact that they put Miss NWO when she came back up the ramp onto her throne, which was a giant toilet. And <laughs> when they went back to when Bischoff went back to Debiasi in the commentary position, Ted looked thoroughly embarrassed at this whole thing. <laughs> Because I think at this point, as as DBS, he's obviously recovered from his his demons. Is he not? A, is he not a, a born again Christian at yeah, this point? He's, he's, so he'll he's, be he's looking at this going, point. yeah, he will not. He was not happy at this whole debacle. I don't think he was really happy. He didn't really say much during the Miss NWO stuff throughout the whole night. So I just don't think he was overly comfortable with at this at all. Well, I, you know, just you know, just going piggybacking off that, I think the problem with that dynamic between Bischoff and DiBiase in terms of characters, in terms of kayfabe, is they're both men made of money. You don't need two of them. You've got one. That's enough. You don't need, you don't, you, you know, you don't need, you don't need two of them to dictate and get everything you want. The one, the one guy can splash the cash around. So once Bischoff was in, that, I mean, that, I, I'm guessing that's why they got rid of 
DiBiase because he was basically superfluous. Well, that's the thing, yeah. He was the whole point of DiBiase was coming in was because he was he was uh, he was the money man. He was the yeah. reason they were getting into all these places because he was paying people off. And then you realise no, he wasn't paying people off because Bischoff was in the whole thing at the whole time. So what was yeah. the point in DiBiase to begin with? You get, you get, I get the whole thing about having a mole on the inside. Let's face it, all the best crime dramas have somebody like that in them. But like, would would you reveal that the mole on the inside is actually the the main man? What 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 is there to do? Yeah, unless of course he's Bischoff facilitates it, but they still need they still need DBS to finance it. I suppose mm. that's maybe the that's the maybe the yeah. Uh, he's the um he's the DBS is the Jim Ratcliffe to Eric Bischoff's. Glazer family, or something. Like that. I believe that's our. I, I believe that's our third target reference of the night. <laughs> well, yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, people know the Glazers. Well, that's Tam- yes, yes. Bu- Americans, bu- will Americans, yes. Buccaneers. Friend- yes. Right, Callum, it is main event time. Now, as I mentioned, the last episode I did that got lost was. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1995, which featured a main event of Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. I believe I gave that match one star. So you can imagine, you know, I mean, I know I picked it, but you can imagine how glad I was when I realized that coming back onto the pod, I was going to do a show with a main event of Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. Um, really out of glad yeah. Of yeah. Um, Hulk does come out with three members of the Dallas Cowboys. And these were actually, although probably not known to me in UConn, these were actually, you know, people who started for the Dallas Cowboys. These weren't just people off the squad who, you know, were just there for a day out. These were these were three genuine, you know, Super Bowl winners and done it all. So at least at least they picked people that, you know, the American fans would have known, which you know, I, I kind of appreciate. Yeah, I mean, as 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 Cedar Rapids, Iowa, big Dallas Cowboys country. I suppose they are America's team. So, uh, well, everywhere's, I suppose, yeah, everywhere's I suppose, Cowboys yeah, country. Everywhere's, everywhere's. Um, as for the match itself, um, it it's Hulk Hogan and the Giant in 1997. Um, we're not exactly talking a catches catch can classic here. No, no, I, I, I no. Um, <laughs> I had. <laughs> I had reasonably high hopes for some whatever reason because of, because of the shape that the giant was in when he comes out. That man in the that man in the mid to late nineties. Oh, what a what a physical specimen the man was. Oh yeah, you could you could totally see why Vince you know snapped oh, yeah. you up as soon as he could. Vince snapped him up as soon as he could, and then the man started to put on all the weight in the world. Um, <laughs> but my next my, my next note after that, so nothing happens. There's no notes. And then I just write, I don't know when I wrote this during the match, but I just went, this is painfully bad. Mm. Um, the one bit of the, the, the one bit of the match, the giant missed the elbow off the top, which was impressive. And it makes this yes. match at least somewhat memorable. It's, it's memorable in the same way it sold out the next year that the giant almost dies off the powerbomb. Yeah. yeah shit match how, sounding. However, I feel I need to mention at this point, um, the... Giant going up to the top rope. I, I I don't know if he'd be doing it for. A, I know he did it a couple of times in WCW, but Bischoff and Ted just totally ignored it. They, never mind no selling it. They just ignored it. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, the, the <clears throat> Giants down. We're not sure how. 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's, it's like one of these one of these things. If if he does it, if he saves it for a big event and he does it like once in a blue moon, it's still very impressive to see a man that's oh. seven foot tall. And, and like it's like you 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 know that Ben that it's impressive. I don't understand yeah, why they just hugely, said nothing about it. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then my next one, obviously. So there was that halfway through the match, slamming a giant in a black singlet. Never seen that before. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then thingy, uh, was it was it Ted did the whole thingy, did the whole, um, or did both of them did it actually? They did the gorilla and Jesse went, oh, he slammed him. I was like, oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake! I mean, even at this point, that was ten years old. Um, Imitation is the best form of flattery, my yeah, friend. Apparently so. Um, but th- my last one is before the whole before the whole debacle at the end. Hogan must really like the giant if he lets him get three visual pins on him. Yeah, because Hogan doesn't let anyone. Hogan doesn't lay down for anybody, and he laid down for the giant. Mm. Detail, albeit, and obviously didn't lose. He get three visual pins on him, so he must love the big man. Um, th- this match was so bad, I didn't actually rate it. I have not got a rating below, but I am going to put Dud because other than I, other I than, think I think Dud's I think Dud's fair. Yeah, because other than the elbow drop and the WrestleMania three Redux, I remember nothing about this match. Mm. Um, I other enjoyed, than, like, obviously I liked, the, the, the shit I, I, at the end. Yeah, I liked I liked the Patrick. You know, not I mean we knew that it was kind of going to happen, but at least they've been building up to it. You know, throughout the night of Patrick just screwing people over. Mm-hmm. So, I I thought it was genuine. I I did quite like how Eric and Ted were like, oh yeah, he's totally, yeah, you can totally see the gap where he shot. You know, there's daylight, there's daylight. You can see it. It's like no, you can't. <laughs> uh, he rolled his shoulder. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's it'd been building up, and obviously, as soon as it got to the meaningful matches. Patrick was helpless because in, in the US title match because it was a ladder match. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't influence that. Mm. He wasn't around to influence the Steiner Brothers match, but he is. He was around, and the one thing that they were never going to do was let Hulk Hogan lose the world title. So it mm. makes... Uh, yeah, everything, as you say, everything was leading to that point that you knew it was coming. Um, so that was that was built that was built quite well. Yeah. It was just a pity uh, that, that the preceding 10 minutes before that were dog shit. So the match, the match, the match end by uh, Patrick getting choked from by the giant, which leads to a massive. I mean, you know, just stop me if you've heard this before. Right? A massive NWO run in, but then then Hulk manages to break a guitar over the giant's back, and we get the NWO beatdown. Um, it's new, you know, this NWO. It's new original edgy programming. Yeah, and I know the thing. They they showed Sting, at the, and my timeline is all over the place on this one. They showed Sting in the rafters. Earlier mm. on in the show, was it during the DDP? Uh, match? Which, which I'm pretty sure was NWO sting because even yeah. Bischoff says it's and Bischoff's like there's no savage with him. Yeah, so I, I didn't know if they were because this the, the end this ending was calling out for Sting to turn up. Oh, absolutely! Um, this should have been this should yeah. this should have been this should have been the Steiners, DDP, <clears throat> Sting, Savage yeah. coming and, and down and actually. Saving the show. Yeah, because it's not as if there's not WCW people in attendance. Mm. Um, they obviously just don't like the giant. Yeah, and I, I, I also, the thing, they can't trust the giant as well because he's already joined the NWO once. 
And also thinking about it, you got all those WCW wrestlers in the crowd, and they just stayed there. You see, you even see, you see quite prominently on camera knobs and Hall of Heat and Sherry. So you know, you know, they, you know, they haven't gone anywhere. Well, I they, they go back to they go back to show them all the time. It's just mm. yeah, really, really, really strange, really strange ending. Um, yeah, so they're obviously still playing up the thingy. I, I, I'll try to think when again. My my timeline's all all over the place. Was it Super Brawl the next month? That are uncensored. Yes. That no, Super Brawl the next month. I think. Yeah, Super Brawl oh. next month. I think that's where Savage does turn. Is it then the month after that Sting comes down for the rafters and takes them all out of the bat and then points <laughs> at Hogan? Sounds, that sounds right. Is that uncensored? So that, that so yes. yeah so but, uh, yeah obviously you get that moment as well. So it's obviously would, that would be sort of diluted if they did it here, but it needed something even if they came out and put up a fight, but it's obviously a bit too much to ask. It very much is. Um, so that's the end of that show, but it's not the end of our show because we've got some awards to give out. Uh, so, Callum, what was your match of the night? I think I can guess. Oh, undoubtedly, it was the it was the ladder match. I mean, this would that match that match was so out of place on here. It would be match of the night on a lot of on a lot of shows other than this one. Uh, yes, I I would agree with that. Um, worst match of the evening. Uh, it has to be Jarrett against Wall Street. There wasn't, I mean, there's a lot to pick from, but Jarrett against Wall Street was just painful. No, in fact, the main event, main event was worse. That was that was shit. Mm. I I think the main event was the worst match, but Wall Street Jarrett was just actively boring. Yes. At least at least with the main event, you had the giant going up to the top rope. So something yes. happened. But you did have you did have Mongo and you did have the um <laughs> the, the, the Nick Patrick pulling Wall Street to thingy. Wall Street to the ropes. <laughs> that was quite funny. And, of course, Mongo. Because Stephen Michael deserves to mention. Mongo, 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 baby. Mongo, baby. <laughs> well, Mongo, our, baby. Most, our most surprising match of the night. That's surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Um, oh, the, 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 the tag title match I was... Disappointed in. I think that's possibly yes. surprising, surprisingly bad. Chono Jericho, you hear the you hear the two guys that are involved, and you think it's probably going to be a good match, but watching it, they just didn't click either. So I don't know if I could really say that was that was surprising uh, once you actually get into the match. But um, yeah, the, the the tag title match being being not not as bad as it was, but not as good as it was as it should yeah, have been. Yeah, I, I went I went with a tag title match, and like I say, it wasn't bad. It was just. Given who's in there, just disappointing. Yeah. Given, given, you know, certainly three of the guys, and Nash can, you know, Nash can be carried to a good match by somebody then. But yeah. yeah. Uh, now we've got we've, we've still got the Sean Kid Award for biggest shit take of the night. I don't think that has been a shit take tonight, really. Uh, no. Because no, I think because we've both been we're we're both pretty much in line with the star ratings. I think there's only the I think there's only the Buff Riggs match we've been like there was a big difference in, but not yeah. that, that that big. I think the biggest shit take was Eric Bischoff saying that Jarrett and Wall Street was going to be a great match. Mm. Yeah, and Bischoff's inverted side jump kicks and all that kind oh, of. Oh, that was yeah. yes, that was the biggest yes. Um, and also, we need. To, I'm making a mental note now, and we'll we'll decide it before the next episode. We'll need to name an award after Logan. The, the, 
okay, the best song because he was a good singer. Well, we'll come up with he something behind singer. the scenes. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's no natural tonight, guys, but we can't, we can't do it justice like the main man can. So. <laughs> no. All right, now next award, the fashion statements of the night, and there is quite a few contenders, Callum. I know you've got a few, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, it was the guy in the NWO shirt. Um, no, there was a guy after when Eddie. I'm sure it was when Eddie leaves the ring, goes into the crowd after the after his match. There was a guy who is, if you remember, when Joey buys the Porsche and Chandler, God rest his soul again, says, "Did a Porsche throw up on you?" The <laughs> NWO threw. Up. The NWO threw up on this man to the point that it also threw up on the neck brace he was wearing. This man had obviously had some form of accident, okay, before this show. Maybe he was run down by the bin lorry that Diesel was driving, or sorry, Kevin Nash was driving. He had a neck brace on that he had he had spray-painted NWO on. That's commitment <laughs> to the cause. That man is the Fashion Plate Award winner. He was, he was, he was decked out head to toe in NWO. Um, I, I've got a, cu- I've got a couple, um, now, when DDP goes into the crowd to do his big celebration, there is a, I don't even think she was a stunt granny, but there is a granny right behind him who is going absolutely crazy, but she's wearing, she's wearing a lovely old person style cardigan and every, you know, just, just dressed as an old person should. It, it just melted my heart, Callum. Um, there's her, there's there's obviously the rock chicks with the, the, the Miss NWO contest. It's like... Yes. Uh, okay, yeah, you're played to type. And then we've got to mention them, the Andersons. I know they're not related in this case, but Arn and Pee Wee, both in their best Christian Cage style turtlenecks, which I greatly appreciated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, they were, that, that was, a, that was a step. I mean, Arn Anderson is, was pulling off. He was rocking mm. that look. I, I've just, I've just really remember. Was. Just remember two more as well. Obviously, you you, you took the, the, the biker chicks as one. A uh, special shout out to the one who was dressed like Judy Bagwell. Uh, <laughs> really from the senior from the senior division. From the senior division, yeah. I think she was contestant number five. Um, and there was also a guy who could be dressed as as you know the get up that Gr would wear when he would have a match. He would have his Sooners teeth. He would have his Sooners yeah, jersey yeah, yeah. on tucked into the jeans that were had a quite yeah. high waist on them. There was a man who was dressed like that. He was wearing and number 90. Got, and, he's, and he's obviously got his padding on as well so he doesn't get too hurt. Yes. No, this man was this man had natural padding. He was he was, he ah. was built, built like myself. He was, he was quite mm. a rotund individual. Built, um, built for comfort, had, not for speed. Exactly. His body is a temple. Uh <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they had him on, and I don't, I couldn't pick it out. What I couldn't pick out what it was. It was either it was it was a sort of the red that was either a 49ers fan or a Cardinals fan, mm. or a Ta- or a Tampa Bay fan. One of those that I'm sort of red. Uh, but he was wearing number you. ninety, whoever that was. Goatee. <laughs> now the most important question of the night, of course, Callum, is, is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? I I don't think I have been not since Bash at the Beach nineteen ninety nine have I been so sure that this show is a chicken shit. <laughs> what I will say is I I agree with you, but what I will say is I did appreciate the fact that they tried something, they tried to be different. But 
yeah. as we as we discovered in life, different does not always mean good or better. No, I, I I'm I'm I am I am a sucker for 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 a gimmick show, as you know, being the the resident you, yes. battle bowl truther here. Um, they tried something different with the battle bowl. It was a concept that could have done with some tweaking, admittedly. Um, as you say, I, 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 you appreciate them giving it a go, but after the NWO Nitro didn't work, they really should have pulled the plug on this. Yes. Um, it was just... You can see why they decided against having the NWO as its own separate as its own separate brand after this, because it just didn't, it just didn't work. I would I would quite agree with you there. Um, now we we kind of had the discussion off there, me and Callum. Um, because we're we are at episode forty one or forty two, depending on your point of view. Um, we 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 feel like the league table is getting a bit too long winded and cumbersome. However, for this particular show, Callum, um, I would say quite comfortably this makes the top ten. I don't think it makes top five, but top ten certainly. If we were if we were still yes. like going. Is it number seven or eight? Which we're not gonna we're not gonna go that t- far deep into it, but oh yeah, I mean easily easily top ten. I, I can't remember what I can't remember really off the top of my head what the top five. I know there's a couple of fall brawls in there, and then there's back to the beach. It's, 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 it's a lot. In, of, if I remember if I remember rightly, it's all it's a lot of W. It's fall brawl ninety three at the top, and then it's a lot of ninety nine WCW underneath. What I will say is compared to the ninety, the, well certainly the ninety nine shows that I've watched. And Stark and like the likes of Starkey ninety seven, the ladder match is stopping this one from being one of the yes. worst shows we've ever watched. Yeah, there is one redeeming thing. If you want to watch anything from Sold Out ninety seven, this might come as a shock. Again, spoiler for twenty seven years ago, the ladder match is well worth the watch. Everything else can you just skip past. But yeah, the, the ladder reminds, match is stopping this one from being all time shit. It reminds me. I think you you were on the show at this point, but it reminds me of when we watched when we when we did the Great American Bash in '99, which has that amazing tag title match on there, and that was a total one. I think we only went four four stars on it, but that was a total one match show, and it's the same kind of deal here. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't on. I wasn't on Great American Bash '99, but the Bash at the Beach '99. I, I was on. That was that was that was my first show, and that was the one I picked. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was downhill from there. Um, and I remember. Lunch. You're welcome. I remember thinking that the tag. So that was the rematch. The tag title rematch because it was the yeah. Triad and Malenko and Benoit. And you're thinking this could save the show, and it really had to save the show, and it didn't because that was really poor. That that, that second one. Uh, now, Callum, um, I know it's been a while since we either of us have done any podcasting, but um, is there anything out there that you would like to plug and like stuff, ladies and gentlemen, about? Uh, I'm just reduced, I'm, I'm reduced to just this. And Starflation. Starflation will be coming back as well. Um, well, is that gonna, are we going to have the same problems, though? Well, it might just be me and you now. Oh, but um, I, I, I reckon. We get. I reckon we can get the main man in for a, for a sneaky episode. We can. We can. We can try. We we can, but try. Absolutely. Um, but hopefully it's going to come back. This the uh, podcast with five stars is never enough. Um, and also the uh, the YouTube page. There's new uh, twice daily. Is there um podcasts dropping? Sometimes thrice daily, uh, depending Ooh. on what's what depending on what's happening. So twice daily, seven p.m. UK time. So that is what. To two, two no, EST. Two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. There is a new episode of the Mothership 
uh, every single day. We are up to episode 254 now, so there is still a lot to go. Um, <laughs> just now, we are also doing at uh, 2 o'clock UK time, which is 10am Eastern Standard Time. Uh, there is new episodes daily of Highway to the Impact Zone, so I'm up to episode oh. 41 of that as of the time of recording, so you've got a good... Um, six weeks of that still to go um, mm. daily and then where there is new podcasts dropping on the place to be current feed they'll go on every day as well so just something there's the sometimes thrice that is youtube.com forward slash at ptb wrestling uh speaking of highway yeah we're on we're on episode 87 we're, we're nearly up to the century which i oh. can't quite believe but yeah, Which, yeah, but be one of the longest running shows and, that the network has. I know, and then we are we are heading into Bound for Glory 2006. So we are uh, we're about a month away from the first Joe Angle match. Uh, yeah, this is. I mean, I know I say it a lot, but this is when he gets really good for for, for a while. Yeah. And and those TNA chant and those TNA chants and good time memories are quite justified. Yeah. So. The, the where I am on the YouTube episode forty one is just dropped, so we're around hard. Uh, we're just about to come up to uh, no, in fact, Slammiversary with the impacts just after Slammiversary two thousand and five. Okay, just to, just to put into perspective how far behind I am to to you, but I we we, we talk about uh, Logan not being able to fit to, to fit this in just now. Logan. Highway to the Impact Zone, you'll know obviously this, Ben. Highway to the Impact Zone started in the middle of the pandemic and has dropped religiously every two weeks for nigh on four years. Logan Logan and Jake are absolute machines. I will I will give them all all the praise for that. And 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 as well, I'm gonna I'm baking up I'm gonna big up Lewis Sean and uh, Matt as well. The fact that you know the the whole original lineup is still there in one form or another, you know, we've we, we, we're still going. <laughs> yeah. the, um, and the Impact Six Pack. And you are, continue. Yes, you are the six-sided ring that's keeping mm. that podcast together. So, yeah, so I, I don't think there's ever been really... There, there, there may have been a one break. Was there not a break just after uh, Logan and uh, welcomed the little one in? Yes. But other yes. than that, I mean, it's been every two weeks for... The yep. best part of four years. So, congratulations to you and the other five excellent, oh. excellent gentlemen over there. I'm just, I'm just a small cog in that machine, but thank you very much. Very welcome, sir. And and we'll be celebrating. We'll be. We're, this is three and a half years old now, which is mental when it you think be. about it. But you know, we'll get we'll get to the four years uh, later this year because we are we we are going to keep going. I'm not I'm not going to be. It's not going to be one of those, you know. <laughs> just say, keep saying it just to make it sound good we, we definitely are keep, keep going um, so for Callum I'm Ben and remember everybody in a world where you can be anything that you want to be be kind thank you so much for listening to Chicken Salad and we will see you again next month What you done?